0: Hey folks, welcome to another interview-only episode of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast. This time, we are continuing our sort of rookie review series. We've got Steve Lopez on the show. Uh, Steve had a really dramatic rise from basically not fishing you know big out of Wisconsin tournaments very much to qualifying in his first year fishing the Central Division of the Toyota Series. So we talk about that we cover some other topics Um, generally have a pretty good time Steve seems super cool Um, and that's pretty much it you can obviously go to majorleaguefishing.com for a lot of stuff and you can Contact us at uh, podcast at majorleafishing.com or flwfishing.com if you desire. And uh, I think that'll pretty much do it. So I guess here is uh, Mr. Lopez. Alrighty, And we are joined now by Steve Lopez. Uh, he's going to be a rookie on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit this year, which is 2022. I'm just now realizing it's not next year. Um, and he is from Wisconsin. uh lives in a town I'm not even going to try to pronounce, Matt Steffen, I'm sorry. Steve, thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey,
1: thanks for having me. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Where, although my fishing season is pretty much done, but what town are you from? Can you pronounce that for me? Because it's a beauty. Sure. This, the town I'm in is Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. So it's, uh,
1: it's right in between Madison and Milwaukee southern wisconsin
0: all right i like it um well i figured man we would sort of start off and talk a little bit just about you and how you got to this point you know going to the pro circuit as a rookie is like a pretty it's a really big career step to take i feel like you know regardless of how long you've been fishing toyota series events or how how long you've wanted to fish at that level because it's a whole different level it's a big commitment you know money wise time wise but like you know how did you how did you get into tournament fishing how did you end up you know at this point to make that decision
1: so my father was in the business you know wholesaling and and selling to you know tackle stores and and fleet farms and, and walmarts or whatever the case may be wherever you are so I've been fishing, I grew up with fishing since I was little and I kind of got the bug for bass fishing when I was like 14 or 15 years old and, you know, got jumped in a few of them, uh, you know, in a John boat with with a cooler and stuff like that and did pretty well and then I would take his boat and kind of in my, in my 20s, I, I kind of got away from it with work and, you know, right around... 26, again, about 10 years ago, I started fishing pretty heavy and, and getting in tournaments up here. We don't have anything of, of the size of, you know, Toyota series, but just obsessed about, uh, obsess about fishing. Just love fishing and, and just love tournament fishing and competing. I, I played sports as a kid. Um, I obviously don't play sports at my age anymore, being 36. So I needed something to kind of feel that fire and and tournament fishing kind of re-sparked that, you know, in in my thirties when I started fishing it quite a bit again. So relatively new to the, the bigger competition, obviously, as we'll go over that, but, uh, we have local tournaments around here that that I've been fishing for a while.
0: Okay. So are your local, I, I guess, I don't have a perfect grasp of Wisconsin geography, but are your local events like the, uh, like the Wolf River chain and like Winnebago and those kind of places, or is your local stuff, the, uh, like the great lakes?
1: Um, I guess, you know, even the Wolf River is an hour and a half from me. Um, it gets even smaller than that. Uh, like Madison chain and, and, uh,
0: you oh, know, lakes there's a lot of lakes even, in Wisconsin. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't yeah.
1: even know, you know, um, uh, you know, Wolf River, obviously Winnebago is one of my favorite bodies of water. Sturgeon Bay is is another one of my favorite bodies of water, and Lacrosse as well. But they're all, you know, two and a half hours away from me, three hours away from me. So, it's still a decent drive to get to those places. And when you got a job and family and stuff like that, you just kind of got to fish, fish what you can around here. So, for uh, sure. Yeah, I don't necessarily have a body of water that would be a home body of water that everybody would know listening to this.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, a lot of time, well, you know, we were talking a minute ago, you're going to travel this year with uh, with Blake Hall, and, you know, he guides on the Tennessee River, and there's a a lot of people who, there's a lot of pro fishermen and just a lot of fishermen who their home body of water is somewhere extremely famous, and... The closest body of water for me, you know, like a 10-boat tournament is kind of stretching it. And uh, there's probably a lot of places in Wisconsin and Minnesota where, you know, you can drop in and have great fishing. But you're not going to ever know about it unless you live there.
1: Yeah, there's really good fishing around here. They just, you know, it's getting so popular around here that these lakes are... They're a little smaller than what we're used to going to obviously Gunnersville is is a bigger body of water. Sam Rayburn next week is a is a huge body of water. You put fifty boats on a on a small body of water and and uh pressure gets to it. So it, it kind of teaches you a little something. We got all, all aspects in Wisconsin as well. So um, excited to see, you know, some different bodies of water this year.
0: No doubt. Let's <clears throat> so I guess last year was your first year fishing the Toyota Series. And you fished the Central Division, which is not particularly close to home. Not that we really have a close to Wisconsin division, if we're being honest. Um, and you made two top tens to start the season. You were right in the running with Jimmy Washam to uh, win AOI. And then you finished 79th at Chickamauga, which is like not really terrible considering you know the field sizes we were running for that division like it was super tough um what a. I guess like why did you why did you pick that why was last year the year to start and then like why did it turn out so well you know
1: I felt like I was ready I've I, I've been cashing you know I, I talked to my buddy who who fishes the Bassmaster Elite Series and, and we talked talk quite a bit about taking the next steps and um, I think when you start cashing a certain amount of checks every single time, you can kind of keep taking steps. Um, and I wanted, you know, I was fishing a single series in Wisconsin and, and doing pretty well. I just wanted to see what the next level was like. Um, so I, I looked at the schedule, and I've been to Gunnersville twice before for English Choice Championship. I know it. I've been to Chick for the Angler's Choice Championship as well. And then Dale Hollow was the wild card. Um, so I at least saw the bodies of water, and I like, pre you know, pre-spawn fishing. And it kind of set up that way for the first two, I was thinking. So I was like, let's go try it and see what happens. So that's why I decided to pick that division. Just I like the, the power fishing, uh, you know, the pre-spawn um, type fishing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of, we don't, I, I guess I don't know the rules in Wisconsin, but I feel like there's not a lot of pre-spawn tournaments up north, but it is a fantastic time to fish up north. Like, it's can be so incredible. So it, it makes you love that pre-spawn bite almost wherever. And, I mean, you know, Gunnersville is a grass lake, and Dale Hollow can be, but certainly wasn't then. It was very weird. Um how did you, how did you end up approaching that one? Cause it had really high water. Like it was a very weird derby. So
1: Dale hollow, when I got down there, it was, it would, then I would always drive, work and then drive through the night and it was just raining all night by the time I got down there and then I would fish the next day. So I would Ooh. sleep in my vehicle. <laughs> so I'd drive, I'd sleep a couple hours. And then when the sun got up, I, I would just start fishing. Um, you know, it just kind of had to work that way with work and, and family and time off just to get it all in. Um, so I, I launched my boat the morning of to get my, you know, I would give myself three days of practice. I like three days of practice. Um, and by the time I was done practicing, my, my truck was underwater. You know, I, I was oh, like, gosh. There, was no launch, there was no launch left. So, um, you know, my whole plan of, of fishing shallow and, and dirtier water went out the window because the water was rising so fast i think it came up like eight feet there was i didn't even think we were going to have the event when and and they just cleared out the whole sunset marina so it was incredible that the event even even went on
0: yeah it was i i remember you know you seeing the photos of trucks backing into the water like ridiculous distances everything underwater and if that's like one of the few parts of the country where where they'll do that because though they're so used to fluctuation, on, you know the basically Dale Hollow and Cumberland and I guess other places in East Tennessee where I guess they're like yeah let's do it but gosh that was one of the from a photography standpoint that was a wild tournament.
1: So I you know I, I was thinking pre spawn we're gonna we're gonna flip you know brush and back to creeks and it, obviously i think that's how it won it was one but you know I, I wasn't getting a lot of bites in practice and and i just you know panned over to the left with you know i had an a-rig on the on the deck and i panned over to the left in this cove where i found some fish and and i saw him just chasing bait and and i you know the bite was so tough i just threw an a-rig at him all day and watched them follow my my bait in almost every single cast until i got six seven bites in the day and i ended up having a pretty good day one and day two i salvaged and, and day three it didn't go so well but at least i made the top 10 to put myself in position for for this opportunity
0: so yeah no doubt but that Did, i never even picked up rig in practice that's <laughs> that's awesome you didn't pick one up and you had it ready to go and you know sometimes live scope or active target whatever you had i mean sometimes it shows you sure. shows you amazing things <laughs>
1: It, it did in that tournament. I watched every single fish eat my bait, and obviously, with technology and bass fishing, it was it was a pretty cool tournament. And that's when I really learned, you know, live scope last year, obviously, and that was kind of the beginning of it. So. cool,
0: cool. And then you probably got the chance at least a couple times to perfect it on some smallmouth up north and really be like, <laughs> really let it rip. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I fished the the. Fast Pro U.S. Open on St. Clair, and, and I don't know if I perfected it, but we had a fun time catching fish. Uh, you, you
0: made know, the them. you made the championship for that too, right? um I did. Mm-hmm. How how did you guys do in that one? Because I mean, I guess I know you didn't win, 000, 000, uh, but, did win a million dollars. We did not win. That must have been a really cool tournament.
1: It was. It was a pretty cool tournament. I mean they they rolled out the red carpet for us and. and really you know really excited to be a part of that event I wasn't even sure I was going to fish the pro circuit at that time so I qualified for it at St. Clair we what a tournament that was and then went down there and I still wasn't sure I was fishing the pro circuit at that time uh, and that was November um, but we ended up finishing 27th we you know we caught them pretty good on day three we just caught all two pounders on day three um but what a body of water and you know catching fish in 100 feet of water is is pretty different than what we're used to
0: (laughs) no doubt how would you i guess you were probably catching a lot of them on live scope how would you how were you catching them What, what were they eating that sort of thing how deep down were they
1: so i caught my deepest bass ever in 116 feet of water 70 feet down. Um, that was the deepest fish I caught. And then I caught one in 90 feet of water on a drop shot, 86 feet down
0: in practice.
1: Um, they were, they were eating a, you know, a little war eagle spoon, you know, seven, eight ounce. You needed a pretty heavy one to get it down there. Um, a jig and wrap, uh, and then a, you know, Kitex 2.8s, 3.3s, When you would, when those, when the bait ball would be high, you could catch them pretty easy. You know, you'd watch your your swim bait drop through the bait ball, and and they would pretty much eat it almost every time. When you get that's it, that's so, so cool. It was a pretty pretty neat way of catching fish. You know, when you're not used to it, and and catching fish like that, looking at them, uh, technology obviously has come a long way.
0: For that deep of water, how far out were you? Did you have your uh range set
1: typically about 100 feet
0: oh and wow then, uh,
1: so i could see my bait about 100 feet out i could go further but you i don't feel like you needed to go further because the bait was moving around you could find a you could find a bait ball that um wasn't as far out as the others and they weren't gun child you know they they would eat it
0: Yeah, it feels like a fish that's, you know, if a fish really is down 50, 60, 70, 80 feet, if it's down that deep, like, they probably are not going to spook as much. Because, I mean, like, how far can you really cast to a shallow smallmouth in gin clear water where it might spook, you know? Like, you've got a certain, you kind of have some range limitation, it feels like.
1: I don't know if that really made
0: sense, but like... (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, obviously there was a lot of, there was 350 boats in that tournament. So there was a lot of pressure and, and a lot of people were were looking at them and, and catching them that way. So uh, the, our starting area obviously had the potential to win that tournament because there was, I think, four people in the top 50
0: that made it that started in that area.
1: But it just ran out of fish by day three, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, it seems like your day 3s uh I don't want to say they need work cuz you're getting to day 3, but we're we're going to work on that this year. <laughs> don't look up those stats. <laughs> I I won't even I won't even talk about it.
1: Um we're getting better. We had a limit on we had a limit on uh the bass pro, so
0: US open. <laughs> so when when did you decide that you were going to try to fish uh as a pro? on the uh, on the pro circuit what was what were some of the factors you considered
1: work i mean that was that was the first factor in family family and work were you know is my wife on board for this first you know obviously i got two little girls one and three um you don't really want to miss out on 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 much them they grow so fast you know um, um so getting her approval and, and blessing and support meant everything. Um, having somebody who wants to see you succeed in your dream or, you know, your passion and, you know, your obsession is, is pretty cool. So that was first was, was the family and the wife. The second was work. I, I really, you know, I love my job I you know, a general manager of a car, car dealership in Wisconsin. And I get a good. Good employees and and uh, I have great bosses and so I, I needed their permission and, and their blessing to go do this. Otherwise, I don't think you know if those two things don't fall in line, I'm not fishing. You know, next week or or whenever we go down. So yeah, those were the two things.
0: Did uh, I guess so? Maybe maybe more from the career standpoint, but have you? Did you feel like, previous to now, you wouldn't have been able to take up, to say, hey, I'm going to go do this, just because your, whether it was just sort of your life just wasn't lined up for it, or is it one of those situations where maybe if you'd been like 22, you would have been like, heck yeah, let me go do this, Uh, but then you started to have real life stuff and you kind of like had a period where you were actually not going to be able to do it. Does that make, does that make sense?
1: It makes sense. Um, I don't think I would be in a position at 22 to to go travel all over the country and just hit, it was just the right time to go do it in my life with my work family and just to go try it to say I tried it. Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously last year was the only year I tried it and, and to, you know, actually do well i feel like i was at the right point in my life to actually go gamble not gamble a little bit but actually go go see if i could fish with go fish with people from other parts of the country was really the motivating factor you always have that as as a fisherman you always have that thing in the back of your head like you're watching these guys on tv can i fish with those guys um and obviously, I felt that way, so I went and I went and tried. I think a lot of people who who have that, who have this passion, think that, but don't do it, and then regret it. And I just didn't want to regret that. Cool. So, okay. I like. I like it. I think
0: that's a good way to go. Um, do
1: you think? But the position oh, in my oh, go ahead. In my life, oh, I'm sorry. The po- the position in my life was was the thing that, with work and family, that allowed it, obviously.
0: So. I guess your first year, you know, you'll be on the road for at least six tournaments, hopefully seven or even more if you fish other stuff. Um, do you do you envision you doing this long term? Um, is it like, is the plan this is my rookie year, I've got some sponsors, this will be cool, and I'm going to try to do this for the rest of my life? Or do you think it's a thing where you're qualified, you're going to see how you hang, and if it's going amazing, great, keep it up. If it's just okay, well, you've got another job, you can spend more time with your kids, that sort of thing. Do you have any kind of outlook on what you want the next five or ten years to look like?
1: Mm. So I, I guess I go, through, some of that I is, it, cause I,
0: haven't,
1: I haven't done it. Right. So I, yeah, I go yeah. through this in my head. Do I like the travel? Will I like the travel? Will I like being away from my family? Will I like all this stuff? So I go through that and can I see myself going through I guess essentially the grind of getting sponsors every single year, it was such a tight turnaround. The sponsor thing was so difficult because I wasn't, it was, I mean, we're fishing in in a week here and, you know, and if you,
0: you know, finally made the call, like, Hey, I'm going to do this, you know, back in November, some of that's the holidays. It's not like, you know, there's a, it's a tough time.
1: It's a tough time. So can I see myself doing it? Would, would my, dream to be, to fish professionally for the rest of my life and to be able to provide for my family, if I could do that, yes. If I could provide and do what I love and be there for my family, yes, I I can see myself doing it, but, um, and do I think I can? Yeah, I, I do. Um, it's just... The, the sponsorship aspect, you know, going after them, getting that, it, it's a little different. So, and I like what I do. I think that puts in into, you know, the, the question, like I'd like, I I would like going to work every single day. I enjoy going to work every single day. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year with the travel and stuff like that and how I feel after, you know, maybe a bad tournament or, or, you know, driving home 15, 16 hours from Texas, you know, will I will I enjoy that after six days of fishing or seven or eight days of fishing, you know? Yeah, Whi- tell that.
0: Wisconsin is a tough location for these events, you know. Uh, Stefan says it all the time that, like, if you look at the guys who complain about, like, having to drive from Texas to Champlain or something, well, it's like... Mm-hmm. A, still a huge drive to go from Wisconsin to Champlain and it's not really, I mean, it's better than coming from the West coast, but it's not like a lot better. Like Wisconsin's a long way away from Florida. So you definitely have some hours, some windshield time ahead of you.
1: Yeah. um, I think, you know, I've mapped some things out. Texas is 16 hours. Champlain is 16 hours. Florida is 16 hours. It doesn't get easier. You know, Pickwick is, you know, we were there for the, the Toyota Series Championship. Um, I think that's thirteen hours, Gunnersville, thir- thirteen hour. It nothing's close um, unless you come to Lacrosse or Sturgeon Bay. So I'm hoping that would, you know, those are awesome hey, bodies of water. But I would go back time. in a,
0: I would go back in a heartbeat solely because of the cheese curds. I don't need anything else. I'm in. <laughs> they're,
1: they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got, we got, we're we're driving but i don't mind the drive um the anticipation of fishing is is always you know when it's three degrees or 10 degrees and you're going to texas you know that it's something to look forward to no
0: no doubt it's it's a lot easier to drive south in the winter time uh when you're up north um i think i you know i mentioned that i think i fished the last day of open water until, you know, probably March, uh, up in Vermont. And it's definitely, I mean, man, I could drive to Florida tomorrow. It might not be so bad. (laughs) You know, I'd I'd do that. (laughs) Um, planning for this year, did you have anything that really fell into place or was really an obstacle? Like I know, you know, it's been hard to get stuff for boats, but it sounds like you've got yourself a travel partner. Like that doesn't always happen your first year on tour, you know, what's, uh, what's your, what, what's that sort of process been like?
1: Everything fell into place. It was incredible. You know, I, I reached out to some people, obviously I was talking to Jimmy. I reached, you know, he's got traveling partners because obviously we're in an AOI race, just reaching out to some people to try and find some people to split some costs. Work fell into place. Um, everything, it's it really, you know, I'm running the same boat I have, so that wasn't an issue. I know people are having problems getting electronics and boats and motors and just a disaster. I just, I worried about a wrap because there wasn't many, you know, companies that did that, do that up here. Um, so that was something that worried, but I got that all taken care of. I got poles and, and reels are all ready to go. Um, I haven't been this prepared in, for anything, so I, I have... I got nothing to do besides wait, you know, work and, and family and stuff. So <laughs> I'm ready to go. That's Everything
0: awesome. just fell
1: into play. So, um, there's no stress on it. Nothing like that. Just, yeah.
0: Looking, I just, I looking at this. So. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome that it did line up. Cause sometimes, I mean, sometimes stuff like that does line up and then sometimes it seems like you have to fight every inch. So. That's great that it actually is going to work. For next mm-hmm. year, have you? I guess you've been to Pickwick. You've been to Gunnersville. I yep. don't know if there's anywhere else that you've been on that schedule. Um, do there, you have anything no. you're really looking forward to? Well,
1: part of that was obviously I have some experience on Gunnersville and Pickwick, but when you're looking at the schedule and you're looking at, as a bass fisherman like just watching bass fishing and 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 living and breathing it you're looking at Sam Rayburn and Lake Champlain on it and then if you're you're good enough to get you know do well enough and get to St. Lawrence I mean the schedule is it's just phenomenal it's a bass fisherman's dream I, I look at a lot of schedules and I think you know the MLF nailed it with this, with this schedule, at least in my opinion, you know, I, I like the lakes. I, I like the bodies of water. I think it sets up well for my style of fishing. Um, so that was a big determining factor of, of me fishing as well. Yeah. Not it's that definitely... I experience on them, but I just, you know, I do enough research and, and if I was going to go take a vacation somewhere, I would probably pick Sam Rayburn or Lake Champlain to just
0: go fish. Well, I can tell you, you're not gonna have a bad time on Champlain. From personal experience, it's the most wonderful lake in the world. Um, nobody needs to come yeah. here. I mean, I, I like having it mostly as much to myself as I do. But you're gonna love it. <laughs> um, what a Have you? Do you have time to like go and pre-practice places, or are you gonna be basically rolling down and you'll have a couple days to go find some fish? What's What's that gonna look like?
1: Yeah, no time for pre-practice. Um, you know, I'm just two days of practice off day. But I mean I I've looked at every single map, every single you know YouTube video, every single piece of information that I could probably get I I have on a body of water, you know, within the rules, right? Um yep. and I I mean when other people are watching shows, I'm watching bass fishing, you know, so I know the bodies of water pretty well, just looking at them. And and I I feel like I I have an expectation of when I'm going to go out there and I, I don't think you can conquer Sam Rayburn in two days of practice. You just got to break it down in a section and hopefully that section is the one you pick, you know, that's, that's the winning section. So I'm not going to go out there and fish all of Sam Rayburn. I'm just going to fish a portion of it. So that's kind of you know the plan that I have moving, you know, with the lack of experience out there, I was really hoping that we'd go to three days of practice, but uh, everybody's got two days, and I'm I'm okay with that as well.
0: So. Yeah, I, I I like the three days as well. I that's where if if there's any rule that I would change, I would be one of them. Not that I'm in the business of change making rules, but yep. I feel like you know two days. Gosh, imagine imagine if you have boat trouble one of the days like you can have to me it's just it's a very short period of time and you can crush it or you can have to really go out and wing it on day one if things don't break right um yeah but i'm not a pro you know so more often than not they're not going to break right for me just like the fish too an extra day of fishing would be fun so (laughs) no doubt yeah I mean especially if uh you're in Texas in, you know, January February and there's like a foot of snow in Wisconsin, you know, you could probably be like, yeah, this is good. I like it here. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. For sure. <laughs> um I I guess this first season, what are your what are your goals? You know, what's a what's a successful year for you?
1: Yeah, uh obviously in my position for work, I'm I'm a goal orientated person, so uh I think uh, you know. I've, I typically I had four goals last year. I, I nailed them all, so I want to top ten, put myself in position to win in one tournament, uh, put myself in position to win Rookie of the Year, uh, and make the title. Those are those are the four goals. So uh, I think I can do it. I hope I can do it. I think I, otherwise I wouldn't be trying to fish. So I think they're realistic. I don't plan on, you know, don't have goals like to go win three tournaments or anything like that, but, um, I think they're realistic goals.
0: I like it. I think, I think if you're going in as a rookie, you, you've, you've got to be thinking, Hey, I want to win rookie of the year. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, just cause you only get one shot to do it. And it's a, not only is it a cool thing, it's, if you go down the history of guys who won Rookie of the Year, boy, a lot of them turned out to be really successful pros. Like, it was not, it's usually not a fluke when you win Rookie of the Year. And uh, the other stuff, you know, making a top 10, like, a top 10, especially with the way this final day is, you know, zeroed out this year, like, it could, a could a lot could go right. You know, you need five of the right bites and, you could win a tournament, you know, there's all kinds of, like, and then, of course, making the title, I mean, that's the whole point of it, you know, you want to make, if you make the championship every year, you're going to do it a long time, so.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think that's obviously the goal, so uh, make the championship, is all yeah. Do you have
0: any, do you have any, like, worries about next year? Is there anything that you're sort of most, like, it could be a body of water. It could just be, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a, it, probably not a drive, but you know, anything that sticks out to you that you're like, eh, I don't know if this will go well.
1: I'm not much of a worry person. I think more of like a, a mechanical breakdown while you're driving or something like that. I think that just where it throws you off of, of your plan. Um, would probably be the thing that I worry about try to be as prepared as possible for traveling um you know obviously the size the bodies of water the sizes of them you know if you break them down in sections um I, I don't worry about things too much but I think that something that could go wrong that's not planned could could derail and and cost you a day of travel and, and or a day of practice when you only have two days is is something that I could worry about. But as for bodies of water, I, I've never been to a tidal fishery that you know James River could could throw some curveballs. But I guess you know that would be the body of water that I'm intrigued by to try and go figure out.
0: So. And I mean, you've got a lot of Mississippi River experience, you know, you've got the flowage experience. Like yep. the last time Tom Monsor was at the Potomac, well, not the last time, but the second to last time he was at the Potomac, yep. he won the whole tournament. So he did win it. You know it could it, it could break right. Um, I what a uh, <laughs> uh, what what was what was that? I, I have watched that show a few times. <laughs> when he came on stage and he, uh, after he won, he said like, he said something it was basically like, I can die now. Not like, I can die happy now, or, or something like that. And I was like, is he just gonna, like, walk off the state? Like, <laughs> I was a little bit worried. But no, he was just hyped. He just won a big tournament. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, he wins like too.
0: Yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> um, especially at the age that he did it at, too. There's I I can't exactly tell how old Tom Monsoor is when I look at him, but he's a lot older than Jacob Wheeler and you know some of these other guys who are in their like forties and whatnot out there cracking bass. <laughs> so he's got some years on him. Um, are you ready? Are you ready to do our like sort of quick hitter rookie questions? Obviously, you listen ready. to this with Blake. We'll roll I through. Do. Some of these are interesting too because the deepest one is fun. You and Nick Hatfield yeah. are, like, setting records. <laughs> um, all right. What's your favorite lake? Uh, St. Clair. That's a good lake choice. Mm-hmm. Um, how about your biggest smallmouth, your biggest largemouth, and your biggest spotted bass?
1: Biggest largemouth, uh, 10.07 pounds on Lake Gunnersville. Biggest smallmouth five one four. Um spotted bass. I don't even think I weighed one. I think I caught one on Table Rock that was three and a quarter. I haven't caught too All many right. in my life.
0: We gotta work on that smallmouth number. Um uh, but dude did you catch that largemouth like in practice at Gunnersville or in a tournament? That's dope. I did.
1: I did on the first day of practice for the A C championship, I don't know how many years ago, in the first Hour and a half. I caught a ten pounder. Oh my God. You must have been so hyped. And that could be my second favorite place is Gunnersville as well. Um, just because something like that happened. So and it happened to me. So it's uh it was pretty cool. You know, you're like it came up and I was like, That's a ten pounder. I've never seen a ten pounder, but I thought it was a ten pounder. And then it came up again, I go, mm-hmm. That's a ten pounder. You know, so my buddy grabbed it. You know, and we're freaking out. We don't see ten pounders, obviously, in, no. in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, uh, it was it was a pretty special
0: moment. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, ten pounders are incredible. I mm-hmm. everyone should catch a ten pounder. <laughs> it's <Take> amazing. <laughs> um, how about your favorite technique? Um,
1: I would say flipping a jig nice i like flipping a jig.
0: what's your favorite food or maybe a favorite meal you know whatever whatever you want to ta- direction you want to take that
1: uh mexican no doubt
0: nice how about yeah. your favorite boat snack
1: um uncrustable they're quick they're fast and they're delicious
0: man a lot of people are saying that that's uh mm-hmm. i had no idea Uncrustables were i mean i knew they were big in the fishing community i had no idea so many yeah. people held them up as like high level boat snacks yeah, i'm down you, with it though. you don't
1: have to make you, you don't have to
0: make them in the morning
1: you just unwrap them you know two three bites they're gone and they taste good so uh that is my go-to and a rock star
0: i like <laughs> it do you have any uh do you have any superstitions
1: No, not very superstitious.
0: What's your, uh, do you have a technique weakness? Weakness? Um,
1: if I had to pick one, even though I've done well in some of the tournaments, most of the tournaments I do well in, more of a finesse fishing, um, you know, if I have to pick up a senko or, um, you know, a shaky head, I would say that's my weakness. I just want to cover water and as much as possible, or or fish fast. But yeah, slowing down a little bit would be would be
0: my weakness. Okay, sometimes you should slow down. In Florida specifically, is one of the places that I know people say you should slow down. But I also don't yeah. want to slow down. <laughs> so yeah.
1: That's- like to find active fish. You know, so sometimes slowing down is tough for me.
0: Uh, what's your favorite music?
1: Um I don't listen so I live right across the street from work. I don't listen to a ton of music because I'm a minute away. And then okay, um yeah. and country, sure.
0: Yeah. I like country All right. music. Everything nineties, <laughs> eighties, well, everything. I like everything. So I you have some I, I'm good with that. You have some long drives then when you, not mm-hmm. to work, but to go to tournaments. Yep. Are you a podcast guy? Are you a radio? Do you call people all night? Do you just listen to whatever comes, whatever the music is? What's your, what do you do? Every, you
1: know, you keep you get phone calls for people traveling as well. They want to talk about, you know, your drive or, you know, wish you luck, um, podcasts, uh, music. Uh, don't, so, tell anybody about this but some videos you know some some mlf shows or or whatever tournament you're going to watching those
0: all right well uh, nobody listens to these i mean yeah, this is a secret podcast yeah. so it'll be fine yeah you do you don't want to tell anybody that but yeah watch well, uh yeah that's that's what i do
1: all right everything. i like it
0: 50 hours is long you gotta do everything <laughs> you gotta fill the time um <laughs> what is your braid to fluoro leader not?
1: Oh, you're gonna hate me for this because, uh, don't. but I do a double. I do a double uni. I haven't. <laughs> you, I know. You, oh like, man, you are gonna eat me alive. Uh, I tie it quick. I haven't had any knot problems. Um, I, there's a drag, you know. I just, I don't fish, finesse all that much, you know. I so, I just haven't had an issue with breaking. Once I have an issue, I know maybe maybe I will think about doing something different. But I haven't seen the need for it.
0: I mean, now you can, here, get it. If, it, you can get it. if it works. It works, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. I was that guy for a long time. So, yep. If it's working for you, it's working for you. There's a lot of ways to catch bass. Yeah. Um. Uh, what do you What do you tie again? I tie an FG. I used to tie an Alberto, and this fall I finally, or this really late summer, I finally committed. I said I got to learn this thing. It's the one that everyone says is the best one, and I don't really tie it on the water so much. But when I'm rigging up ahead of time, I tie it, and I I'm not going back. Sure. It's dope. <laughs> I'll figure it out sooner or later and tie something. But for now. I mean That's the dude if the, the uni to uni's working let it ride. Yep. Yeah. Um do you snell or not when flipping? Straight chain hook, snell. Um if I'm flipping an offset,
1: I'll do a polymer.
0: I like it. And then mm-hmm. I guess we're gonna go back to this. What's the deepest bass that you've caught?
1: Eighty six feet.
0: Gosh! In um, ninety feet of water, my uh, one hundred and seventeen feet was the
1: deepest, out of the deepest water, but eighty-six feet, and that was th- the probably the three and a half, three and a quarter pound spot too. So it was,
0: it was incredible. Yeah, your peep, your peep, and I spot. watched him
1: <laughs> eat my bait. I watched him eat
0: my bait eighty-six feet down. Man, that's amazing! Oh, this mm-hmm. is like wild to catch one that wild. deep. That is so cool. Um, well, Steve, I have had a fantastic time, I guess, before I let you go, um, is there anything you want to plug? I know you've got some social media, you know, you've got, uh, this is your time basically.
1: Well, uh, you, I hope some people support me at, you know, my Instagram account at, at, Steve Lopez fishing. I don't have a ton of YouTube content. I don't have any YouTube content, um. Just, it's time consuming um I do Instagram you know you can follow me that way um obviously some of the sponsors that have helped me out modern woodman's ducket fishing um has helped me out with um my, my work van horn automotive we do uh direct sales and and stuff like that so if any of you fishermen need a need a vehicle come see me, talk to me. We'll deliver it to you, or we'll work something out. Um, Dick Smith's Bait and Tackle is a local tackle shop that I've known, obviously, with my father forever. So, they're great people, and uh, you know Atomic and Mercury and Nitro, and so those are those are the sponsors that are helping me out. But um, just support on social media if you want to follow along for the year and and see how I do, and just a regular old guy trying to trying to make it, I guess,
0: you know i like it it's pretty easy it's uh steve lopez fishing on instagram all one word i mean you can folks can find yep. that um man thanks for the time i appreciate it and uh i appreciate it's been, it been good talking and i'll uh see you down at te- see you down in texas in really yeah, a a terrifyingly week. short period of time
1: yeah about a week from now so i'll see you then